0: If we haven't met before, my name's Jono, I'm um, campus pastor at our Mullap congregation, so uh, really good that we can be together and uh, worship, so looking forward to what um, God would want to say to our hearts uh, this morning. So why don't we take a moment to pray before we dive into the Bible together, hey? Holy Spirit, we want to welcome you here, and so we invite you to speak to our hearts this morning. Encourage us where we need encouragement, challenge us if we need it, in all things that We might bring glory and honour to you, Jesus, in the way that we choose to live and follow after you passionately. Thank you for the blessing of Scripture. Uh, Thank you for the blessing that we can find ourselves in this incredible story of your grace and redemption, you making all things right and good, and that includes us as well. So we say thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, some of you might have seen the last couple of weeks, we've had a video promo where uh, Mark and I, the Reverend, as he likes to be called, um, are on the screen. And we're talking about the call, encouraging us all to pray this week, especially for kids, for teenagers and the young families of our church. And so we're looking forward to doing that. It was quite a pivotal moment for me where I um, sat around in a, in a family's um, lounge room, a family from our Moorlap congregation actually, and we sat there and there was a couple of elders who had been invited to come along and a couple of mates of the family and we wanted to gather around this young family because their young preschool child has severe allergies And, you know, everything that uh, that involves. So multiple EpiPens and, you know, lights and sirens, ambulance to home, off to the hospital and lots of pretty traumatic moments for a young family. And so we gathered around them and we were praying together and saying, God, would you come and would you do something about this situation? God, we, we want your mercy and grace upon this family because Everything, all the medical reports had come back going like, if anything, you know, as, as a child grows, there's a chance that the allergies will fade, uh, but they were getting stronger and they were getting uh, worse for this family. And so in the midst of this, there was an incredible person who, who prayed a really bold prayer. And they said, God, we want to hold up to you, this child, and say, believe that by the time that they start primary school, that they would be able to walk into that school allergy-free, and their parents would be able to wave them off, tears and all, at the, at the school gate and going like, you know, they, we have confidence in that they're going to be okay physically, not only today, but for lots of days of primary school. And when that person prayed that prayer, part of me just went, that is a really ambitious prayer. And then also, I think a bigger part of me just went, that is a really ambitious prayer. That is a faith-filled prayer. Have you experienced one of those moments where faith can feel like your, your mind wrestling, like the reality of the situation versus your faith saying, God, you can do this. You can intervene into this family circumstances. That's a really, can be a tough moment. But for me, it was that moment of going kind of like the reminder going, do you know what? It's not just this family. There's a whole bunch of families across the life of our church, and you know, I hear stories of families that are dealing, dealing with physical healing or anxiety in their children or whatever the case may be really significant issues. And so, we got together and we just said, you know what, what's the best thing that we could do here? We could pray together as a church family. And so, that's the invitation for this week, and I'm going to touch on that in a moment. And why would we pray? Why would we pray? We pray because we believe in the promise of God that when we pray, that God responds and things change. Things happen. Hebrews 4.16, we don't have it up on the screen, but it says, you know, with confidence, you can draw near to the throne of God, which is like, you can draw near to the power of God with confidence that you might receive mercy and find grace just in your time of need. And so that's what we're gonna do together, believing that we we can come to God and say, God, We need you, we want you to intervene in these circumstances and God, we believe that you can. And so kicking off this week, I'd like to speak uh, this morning, not only to all of us, but probably especially to parents of um, kids and teenagers this morning. And when I say parents, I know that includes, you know, guardians and carers and some of you have taken on the responsibility of you know, fostering children, bringing them into your own family. And and also, too, I'm speaking to all of us because I feel really blessed to be part of a church where each and every person acts like a mum and has that heart of a mum and dad for the the kids and families of our congregation. So please include yourself in. If I say parents or guardians, I'm talking to all of us uh, this morning. Does that that sound alright? Is that okay? Yeah, good, okay. Um, th- there's a book that I've really uh, enjoyed reading the last little while, it's by Paul David Tripp. We've got a photo of it up here on the screen. Oh, can I encourage you, if you wanna grab hold of a great book, it's, um, it's quite a challenging read, but also an encouraging read as well. And so while we talk about parenting, um, while, while we're up there, why don't we um, also just check out this um, short video and um, you can see how you compare to a couple of these parents on the screen. Thanks, to. Can you name their teachers? Of course I cannot. <laughs> what are your daughter's birthdays? Ah, uh, why do you do this to me? What about her? I give up. <laughs> Any guesses? <laughs> yesterday. Oh, yeah, yesterday! <laughs> Horrible. Her birthday was yesterday Just you forgot yesterday, it. yes. Can you name the best friend of each of your daughters? Uh, Mari Carmen Rojas. Hmm. Jimena Lopez. Mm-hmm. Adamari Lopez, mm-hmm. Cristina Cornejo. Uh, can you give us the name of their doctor? Fadi Torres. Good. Can you give us the name of their dentist? Uh, Games Dental mm-hmm. uh, What are your daughter's birthdays? Yes, uh, May 28, 2009, August 8, 2013, February 24, 2006, June 26. All right, there you go. We all feel a bit better about ourselves, don't we? You know what? Uh, uh, parenting can be a tough thing can't it right you know some of you have got kids uh, kids and teenagers right now some some of you have you know your, your kids are grown up but that heart of a parent never changes and never leaves and uh, like I said I'm just just not talking about biological families here you, you each and every one of you would, in, would have invested in young people just like a parent a parent does you know, and it can be pretty tough. There's lots of ups and downs. And, you know, if you were to ask any parent, they would say it's not that they ever, you know, regret that they had children. There's just moments that you wish that they belong to someone else. <laughs> There's this incredible truth that God has trusted parents, guardians, carers. If you choose to take on that heart of, of, of those people, that God has trusted you with a great responsibility. You know, God is entrusting you with playing a formative part in shaping a human soul shaping a human heart and there's nothing more precious to God than people and God's trusted you with them and so it comes with a great responsibility we're going to read here King David in the Bible you probably um, when I say those words you think of him and maybe your mind might go to stories of like him taking on and doing incredible things I want to share with you um, a couple of brief passages here where it talks about David's parenting style. And this first one is from 1 Kings 1, 5 to 6. Now, on the count of three, why don't we all just have a crack at this name, okay? One, two, three. Adonijah. That wasn't too bad. Sorry, Matt. Oh, are we going to be corrected after the service? Sorry, that's on me. Now, Adonijah, whose mother was Haggath, put himself forward and said, so this is King David's son, I will be king. So he got chariots and horses ready with 50 men to run ahead of him. And this is King David, his father, had never rebuked him by saying, Why do you behave as you do? Why do you behave as you do? What do you think about King David's parenting style in that moment? There's another passage where we hear about one of King David's sons to probably one of the most horrific things to um, another person imaginable. I won't go into the detail now, but it's a, a situation that, of course, would tear a family apart and break the heart of God. And in 2 Samuel 13.21... We hear of King David as a father to this situation. We hear how he responded. And here's what he says in verse 21. And when King David heard all this, heard about everything that had been going on, he was furious. Can you guess what King David did after that? How did he respond to his children and those circumstances and the actions of his son? Largely, nothing. 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 And this is telling here that he was furious and he had all the right feelings, but he actually didn't respond. David did nothing. And there's this incredible moment where I think the Bible is highlighting that David neglected what could be seen as a kind of character management, but it's actually way deeper than that. David, as a father, missed an opportunity. It was actually about worship realignment. There were some things going on in the hearts of his children that needed addressing and needed addressing promptly and in a really clear and helpful way for the benefit of all involved. And David, whether he wasn't, didn't feel capable or he just simply chose not to, he didn't do it. It went unattended. And so put yourselves in the, the shoes of David's kids where you know, they saw their father take on the world. He, he ruled and he reigned and he conquered and he built wealth whilst scripture would point to the fact that while at home, there were some really important conversations that went unaddressed. And here his son misses out on an opportunity. He missed out on an opportunity to have that feeling of like, you know, what redemption means, what restoration of relationship means. You know, this son never got to experience the freedom of saying sorry and receiving forgiveness and the freedom that comes from that. And in these moments, I read it and I think, you know what, David missed it. And sometimes we can miss it too. We can miss out on those really crucial, important moments, uh, being like formative moments in the life of our kids. And our, because whether we're too busy or we don't feel confident or able or whatever the case may be. And I've been challenged to ask myself this question. Like, what are we demonstrating to our, to our children about what a deep and beautiful relationship with God can look like? What do they see in you? What do the kids of our church see in us as adults? Sometimes I think it's good for us to do a bit of a stock take and I'm letting you in here on my journey over the last little while and, but I think it's applicable to every one of us. Do our like... Some of you got biological kids, but let's just say the kids in the life of our church, do they observe us saying no to things so we can say yes to things that are more important? Do they see us saying no to things so we can say yes to things that are of greater eternal worth? Do the young people in our church see us as adults participating in the sacrificial work of the gospel, of choosing to serve other people that at times we may feel are unlovely? Do they see us reaching out to the marginalised? Do they see us with our words and our actions, loving God and loving His church, His bride? What do they see in us? Are we consistent and faithful in um, helping our young people, our kids, have a consciousness of God each and every day in their lives? As the dad of two teenagers, I'll put my hand up and say, that can be I find that really challenging. One of the greatest challenges is to find two minutes in the day where all of us aren't on screens. I'm sure I'm not alone in that, in that challenge. But how do I take hold of each and every moment that God is blessing me with to go, as a parent, I want to take this opportunity for my kids to know God better, to hear of his truth and what he's doing in our lives. And I was really, in this book, the, the author, Paul David Tripp, I think we've got a photo of him, he, he looks like the... Um, he looks like kind of like the friendliest, happiest guy um, in the whole world. I'm not sure if we've got a it. No, we haven't. But anyway, he, beyond his smiling exterior, he, he, he challenged me with these, these words here. He said, Parenting is either a thing of the highest treasure to you and demonstrated in your choices, words and actions every day, or it's not. Are we busy acquiring and maintaining, financing, protecting Our possessions and investing way too little in our children, the way that God intended. And I read that, and I just went, "If my heart is going to break over anything, God, I want it to break over that—that I'm not so busy." And this comes out in the life of King David, taking on the world and acquiring things and then missing great important conversations where can I can be part of highlighting to my kids and showing my kids what it means to have a, just an amazing relationship with God and the blessing that comes from that I look at King King David's life and sometimes I just think this guy had the amazing ability to like play the get out of jail free card like he just made so much of a mess of his life so often and then but he always seemed to find himself back at this point of being repentant and seeking forgiveness and acknowledging his shortcomings and wanting to move on and do better. And in the book of Psalms, we don't have it up on the screen, but Psalm 51, David writes this. He says, God, please don't push me. Don't cast me away from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Please restore to me the joy of salvation, the joy of knowing you and living in your presence and make me willing to obey you. I was reading through this and I think with a fresh set of eyes going like, oh, what I saw is a get out of jail free card and you know David just being able to move on with life. I think he actually reaches the point where it's exactly what God wanted, not only for King David, but for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us, that we would get back to the point where we say God has created us so that we would know him, we would love him, we would be able to rest and live in the grace that only he can provide for us and that we would live for his glory. David lived for the glory of God because even when he messed up, he came back and he said, God, if you're willing to give me a redo, if you're willing to see me through the eyes of forgiveness and grace, I'm gonna take that. And I'm gonna know you. I'm gonna start again. I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna receive that grace and I'm gonna commit to living for your glory. And that's the truth that God not only wants us as adults to experience, but each and every one of the young people in the life of our church. That they would know that they are the part an important part in the great plan of God. And that they would know that right at the core of their being. That just as we come and we grow in our faith and we come on a Sunday and we're encouraged that the young people in the life of our church would be encouraged too. You know, that they can experience the love of God. They can experience the grace of God. And we see a great example of this further on in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the book of Sem- Second Timothy. And the apostle Paul was writing to a young man, Timothy, that he had mentored and spent significant time for. He, he cheered Timothy on in his faith and he could see some things in Timothy where he's like, oh man, the kingdom of God needs you, young man. And so he, he looks at him and Paul's faced significant hardship for the sake of the gospel And so he writes these words to Timothy and he says, Timothy, as I remember your tears, I just long to see you, that I might be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Now there's a great grandma name, isn't it? Lois. There you go, Lois. I can't remember the last time I've met a three-year-old named Lois or Eunice. I think we can bring, get that coming back as a church. What do you see in this brief passage here? I reread it a couple of times and I just think there's, there's such a great thing here where God's, it shows God's heart that faith would flow through families. Faith would flow through generations. Some of you sit here this morning and you've got kids that are part of this church or offered another church and grandkids that are here are offered another church and they're all part of the same great kingdom of God. Some of you are here this morning and... Your dad and grandma and whoever else, back five generations, they also had the blessing of knowing Jesus and and wrapping their life around what God was doing. And I love that word there that, if we can put that verse back up, where Paul intentionally uses that word to Timothy where he says, you know, sincere faith, a faith that dwelt in your grandmother and in your mum. That word dwelt there is meant like, you know, they had allowed God to become a permanent resident in their life. This wasn't just a fleeting moment of by chance thing. Do you know what, Timothy? Your grandma and your mum have modelled something incredible to you. Through each and every season, they have allowed God to dwell in your heart. They have found hope in tough seasons because God has been alive within them. You know, and that's the hope that we as parents need, okay? if you take on that role of being a parent to someone and having that heart and investing into their life, God knows how big that task can be. And he knows the moments we feel pushed beyond our limits. He knows those times where we would just go, oh, we we just really have no idea what we're meant to do in this situation. God even knows those moments where for some of you, maybe you're just like, this is too tough. And just emotionally you want to check out or physically walk away. There's an incredible promise and I think Timothy's mum and grandma had found it time and time again as they allowed God to be the centre of their life. They found hope. But they also found it that in those tough moments they didn't just find help for their problems, that they found God. And that's so much better than just having a simple answer to our problem. You realise our society just wants an answer to problems? That we hold on to a truth that is so much deeper and richer than that. That yes, of course, when we cry out to God, that God would respond and we would find help. But where does that help come from? It comes from God. That we get to experience him in his mercy and his goodness, all of his character. And when we find God, things change and change for the better. So this week we're going to pray and the invitation is to pray for some pretty, pretty ambitious prayers. Prayers. And right now, you, you might read those little cards after the service and you think, I don't know, can, can, can that become true? Can God do that? I would encourage you in Ephesians 2, there's this passage allowed to encourage us where the writer says, Now to him, this is God, who is able to do far abundantly more than all we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Did you catch those words there? Where it says, according to the power at work within us. The power of God at work within you. I'm really looking forward to this week and uh, believing that two things are gonna happen. That uh, And if you haven't already, I invite you to um, grab hold of one of these envelopes. They're out at the help desk. There's a few out there. Um, the team will be able to help you with this. And there's a card for each day for this week with a different theme. And so the invitation is to to pick them up and to, and to pray with them. And so we're gonna, we're believing and we can believe together that God would break through four people. God would break through four people as we pray. And we're gonna pray for sons and daughters and, you know, that they, they would know their true identity in the love and the purpose and plan of God. We're gonna be praying for, like I shared earlier on, families that are dealing in their kids with, physical healing, that God would bring restoration to them physically. We're going to be holding up those little kids that are neurodiverse and praying for their parents as well, who love them more than anything else, but for their, their, their child, just day-to-day life can be more, more confusing and trying to work things out. We want to pray for them. We wanna pray for their parents that God would give them wi- wisdom and clarity on how to parent well. We're gonna, we're gonna pray for some little kids and teenagers in the life of church, in the life of our church, who at the moment, you would if you knew their stories, you would just say they are entangled with ropes of anxiety. It's like they're bound up. And we're gonna pray in Jesus' name that they would be set free from that anxiety and live a life of freedom and joy that they currently don't have. We're gonna pray that, well, we're gonna pray for some families that are having trouble conceiving at the moment. And so we're going to hold up for them and and be strong for them in their journey and their season of not being able to have kids of their own. And as much as they'd love to hold a child of their own in their arms, that we're just going to stand alongside them shoulder to shoulder and in faith say, God, would you come? Your blessing would look like them being able to have a child of their own. And in all things, we're going to pray that the teenagers and the young people, the kids of our church, will come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I encourage you this week, if you've got the gift of faith and you, you know you've got the gift of faith, like people look to you when you pray and you're like, that was a, people say to you, that was a good prayer. Like what they mean, that was a faithful prayer. Just let your prayers go. Just pray big prayers. Whether you've got the gift of faith or not, may our prayers rise to God and say, God, would you respond into these circumstances? And we're believing together that God, by his grace, will do something for us. Secondly, and briefly, we want to pray together that especially for our parents, that God will do something in you. These were the parting words from Paul in 2 Timothy 1.6, where he says to Timothy, for this reason, now you've got this amazing heritage from your mum and your grandma, for this reason, I remind you, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. Parents, carers, guardians, life is hectic and you probably feel smashed half the time. The encouragement for not a, is not only for Timothy but for each and every one of us where God would say, do you know what, fan into flame the thing that has the greatest potential for transformation in your life and that is the Spirit of God alive within you. Fan that into flame. Put some oxygen onto that. At home, we've got two things that are, are great when they go together. We own a, we own a leaf blower and we have a 14-year-old son. When those two things to come together, it can be amazing. And so on occasion, we will um, have a, like, like a little fire pit in the backyard and sometimes the flames, the flames won't be gr- going as quick as what our son would like. And so he asks if he can get the leaf blower and he puts the earmuffs on and he's like, stand back. You want to stand back? from it?" So he just gets the leaf blower onto the fire. And of course, it's just ash and embers going everywhere. But you know what? Nothing gets a fire going quicker than putting a lot of air onto it, hey? You know, what? you might feel like that your, your faith, your prayers have been small and a little fire. I encourage you this week, if that's where you're at, why don't you invite someone to come into it and just together you can begin to blow onto that fire metaphorically, that your faith can grow and you can build and that not only we'd see something change in the life of our families, but you know what, something would change in us too and our faith would grow. I'm going to invite the um, team to come up. When I say team, lovely couple, Boaz and Sue Ann. Look at these two lovebirds. Why don't you give them a hand as they come on up here? They're going to, in a moment, uh, in a moment. Um, well, I want to give you the invitation uh, to come and receive communion this morning. While we're doing receiving communion, um, Sue Ann and Boaz are going to uh, sing a song for us. We're not going to have the lyrics up on the screen. You may know this song, but invite you to um, just to stop and reflect and listen to these words so when you come and receive the communion elements you can take it back to your seat you can you can take the um, the cup and the bread in your own time take a moment to thank God that you are part of his plan this is not only something that we're remembering this is also something that we're celebrating that the spirit of God the goodness of God is available to each and every one of us now and also too I'd like to extend the invitation we're going to have a a couple of people down here elders and prayer team down the front off to the sides and if you would like to take the receive the commun- communion elements and then and have them pray with you for a moment then please take up that opportunity parents and guardians and carers maybe i mentioned something already in just in this brief time this morning where something like that is on your heart It'd be a great opportunity just to take a moment to to pray by yourself if you're here as a husband and wife or mum and dad, to, to pray together. And our prayer team would love to do that with you. We'd like to stand alongside you and, and hold up hope. Because the invitation is not only just for parents, but it's for each and every one of us. If there's something this morning that you would like to just say, you know what, just briefly, would you pray for me? You know, that that we would be able to do that together, that we would be a church family this morning. So I invite us all to stand. I'm gonna gonna pray and then the invitation to uh, receive communion and pray together. Let's pray. Lord God, we wanna hold up to you ourselves this morning. We thank you that you have brought us into the most incredible family. You've brought us into your plan and into your purposes. Lord God, we thank you that in our struggles, you gave us the most beautiful and life-changing thing. You didn't just give us an answer, you gave us yourself. So we remember that and we celebrate that. We have faith in that as we share in communion together. Our prayer this morning, Lord God, for parents is that they may know the rest of God and the grace that sees them be a joyful and patient parent. Help us to be present in the life of our children. Lord God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you orchestrate circumstances where we, you know, there's opportunity for us to not only share about what the great things that you've done in our lives as adults, but there will be opportunity where we would be able to turn to our kids and our teenagers and say, do you know what? There's an invitation for you too. There's room around the table of God that you're part of the family. Put your life in the hands of God. Father God, we'd love to see your Holy Spirit work afresh in the lives of our kids and our teenagers. I just feel like maybe for some this morning, this is an opportunity where you as parents, an opportunity to ask for forgiveness where you may feel like you've become the obstacle to the growth of God in the lives of your kids. That like King David, you got not distracted by the big things, but you're so invested in in other things that maybe there's some things at home that have gone unattended. And by his grace, God would see you. And just as David prayed and said, God, renew, renew a new spirit in me. Renew my heart and passion for the most important things of all, that God would do that for you this morning. And as you partake in communion, may you feel afresh and know afresh the grace and mercy of a loving Father for you. In all things we give you thanks, Lord Jesus. Amen. The invitation is to come and take communion, the elements, and pray together as you would like to. Thanks, guys.